0: Good evening. I'm Dave Mandel, filling in for Mark this evening. Mark's taking a PTO day. He'll be back next week. And I'm thrilled to be here, filling in for him this evening. I have an interview with Perry Metzger tonight. Perry is an expert on cryptography, computer security, cryptocurrencies, lots of things. This was recorded a few days ago, a week or two ago, to be honest, because of scheduling conflicts, but because it's been pre-recorded, I can tell you that it's a great interview, and it is. it will take up almost the entire hour, so I'm going to dive in, jump in. Right now, And when the, at the end of the show, when the interview is over, I'll give a little bit more information if you want to find Perry, track him down, uh, sign up to his cryptography mailing list or whatever. There'll be more information on that later. So see you in a bit. Metzger. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Great to have you here. Well, thank you so much for having me. And let's dive right in because we have so much to talk about. So we're going to talk about cryptocurrencies today. And by the way, I'm going to promise not to call them crypto. Thank you. (laughs) Cryptographers are very, very uh, upset about the fact that Crypt, the word crypto is used to describe cryptocurrencies and it dawns on me that it's sort of the equivalent of people calling LPs vinyls right
1: well so I, I don't know I mean I I, I I I I'm not enough of a am uh, not enough of a uh, of, of a record fanatic for that to be personally offensive to me but true. I really hate when people call cryptocurrencies crypto that's true I'm I'm I'm, I'm one of those people um <laughs> No, but uh, but yeah, thank you, thank you for not doing that.
0: Okay, why don't you describe in you know relatively non-technical terms what what are cryptocurrencies? What is the blockchain? What is what is all this stuff?
1: Okay, so uh, let's take a step back and 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 think about what we're trying to do. So imagine that you wanted to create a currency, but have no trusted individuals involved in operating it. Now now think for a minute about how it is that the US dollar works, which is not something people think about very much. And, and most dollars are are not printed, you know, $20 bills in your wallet. Most of the dollars in existence are in bank accounts. And Almost all of those dollars, then out there, with the exception of of printed currency, which we'll ignore, exist as entries in a in a bank ledger. Um, And so you can think of the way that the dollar really works as that your bank has a a database that says, you know, Joe has one thousand eight hundred twenty-two dollars and Mary has $15,483 and so forth. Um, And of course, the banks themselves have book entries with the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve has a big database that says that Bank A has $15 billion on account and Bank B has $22 billion on account, et cetera. And in fact, when when money gets electronically transferred between banks, a, you know, some settlement may occur at the Fed where a little bit of money gets moved between one bank and another bank at the end of the day. Um, but almost all of this money that's out there, almost all of the dollars that are out there are a thing that is in the imagination of a bunch of computer systems around the world. Um, but these computer systems have the feature that there's so-called trusted third parties involved. Um, in the banking system, you are trusting the Federal Reserve and your bank to keep accurate records. Uh, you're trusting that they are not going to suddenly one day say, sorry, you don't actually have any money. Um, we don't know what you're talking about. Go away. The system um, is down. <laughs> yes, we're 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 we assume for purposes of, of, of the banking system operating that, that, that there are these trusted third parties and these trusted third parties maintain computer systems that we all depend on in order to have everything function well. And, and cryptocurrencies answer the question, could I build a system like this in which there are no trusted parties, in which no one has to trust anyone at all? By the way i I'll, I'll note that the us dollar and all modern currencies um, have value only because people imagine that they do now their imagination isn't isn't you know unfounded right um your landlord signed a contract with you that said that you could pay your rent every month in dollars and that they would accept you know so many thousand dollars a month and in exchange you know, if you live in New York City, you would you would get your 130 square feet. Um, I'm I'm exaggerating only slightly, A bit. Um, but not by that much. I, I've had friends who've lived in, in, in ridiculously small apartments. But uh but anyway, uh, but, you know, you, you your your phone company, your you know, your local supermarket, all sorts of people promise that they will accept dollars in exchange for goods and services, lots of contracts, are signed with dollars in them so the fact that that the thing is just some numbers and some computers isn't the you know I mean, it's not crazy that you believe it has value because you know from long experience and, and from the contracts you've signed and your employer having a contract with you that they pay you in dollars and what have you, the dollars have value. But but let's let's we'll we'll talk maybe more about the economics of the situation later. Imagine though that now we would like to construct a system that's like dollars, but has no trusted third parties. It doesn't have a Federal Reserve. It doesn't have banks. It doesn't mean, have meaning, a sing- meaning no no need no need for a trusted party correct the 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 motive behind all of this i mean we can we can discuss later you know like why would you want to build such a system why is it interesting to build such a system but the goal of of these systems is let's build a a a book entry system in which i can say that dave has you know 15 woofy coins and Jane has thirty woofy coins, and Perry has seventy-two woofy coins, or or, or 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 pogs, or whatever the hell you want to call them. Uh, oh, am I allowed to say hell? Yeah, hell, hell is fine. Yeah. Hell is fine. Okay, it's I have to keep it. Yeah. All right. Um, H uh, e double hockey sticks. Um, anyway, so if 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 if. You know, if you want to build such a system in which there is a ledger, a ledger just meaning the list of, of of how much is owned by everyone. Um, but I'd like to have this ledger built in such a way that there isn't a single person or a single computer that holds the ledger that everyone has to trust. But instead, I'd like to build a system where there is a ledger and Everyone agrees what the ledger says, but there is no single point of trust. There's no single point of failure where no one can cheat the system. I mean, in theory, you could imagine, you can argue about whether this would happen in practice, but you could, in theory, imagine someone at your bank simply moving money from your account to someone else's account and claiming that it didn't happen, right? And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got to go to court or, or find someone else to. To, to enforce your rights, mm-hmm. but imagine if I could construct a system in which I use very powerful, you know, uh, technological guarantees that say that no one could do such a thing—that there's no way to move money against your consent. That is to say, to change, to, to subtract something from your ledger entry and to add something to someone else—the same amount to someone else's ledger entry—in uh, which I. be impossible. Right? in which in which it's impossible and in which there is no single person who holds the ledger but the ledger is held by hundreds or thousands or millions of people simultaneously and and that's the goal of these systems right it's to produce an electronic money system in which no single entity controls the money system and in which no one can cheat um and and we can talk about like motivations for constructing such a thing but but that's the idea And the first system that anyone came up with that more or less fit this description was Bitcoin. Everyone's, of course, heard of Bitcoin, Um, you know, but the but but that was that's the idea of what it is that something like Bitcoin is supposed to be providing. Mm -hmm. And and the notion then is that instead of having some bank. You have some large distributed set of computers around the world that are owned by many people in many organizations that simultaneously act in some way to hold the ledger of who owns what. And if you want to go and buy a bagel or a cup of coffee in the morning, you know, you walk into the store and some by some means you tell the network that you are that you want to transfer some small amount of value from your account to the store's account and the store sees that you have done this and hands you the bagel and the cup of coffee and everyone goes on their way. So um, in theory,
0: it should work. In theory, it should work the same way, right? I mean, it's, it's easy for me to buy a bagel. I like the way, I like the way that works and it should continue to work the same way, but behind the scenes, we don't have the same, um, central authority, uh, but behind everything, you know, guaranteeing that everything, that all the numbers, uh, Are correct, right? Correct. That is that is the the way the way transactions work. As a consumer, shouldn't shouldn't really be any different than the way it is now. Now,
1: now, now. Of course, most of the systems that have been constructed are not real successes at doing this, which we can get into later. Right. (laughs) Uh, And they're not real successes for reasons like, for example, no one is willing to take, you know, your particular kind of internet funny money, or uh, worse, in certain systems like Bitcoin transaction costs, that is the fees that you have to pay to move money from one account to another. and and we can get into why there are fees and how the fees exist, et cetera. a little mm-hmm. later. but in in Bitcoin, for example, the fees are so large at this point that they are vastly larger than the value of a cup of coffee and a bagel. So there would be so it would be silly to buy a cup of coffee and a bagel with Bitcoin because you would be paying far more. To conduct the transaction than the transaction is worth. There, There was a time, of course, by the way, very early in Bitcoin's history, where transaction costs were quite low. And there were literally places in New York where you could buy lunch with Bitcoin because people were interested in experimenting with it. And it seemed like a cool idea. Yeah. And, you know, and you could do it. But at this point, that's not possible because the fees are so huge that no one in their right mind would would buy something Worth only you know five or ten dollars when you have to pay a, a multiple of that in order to conduct a transaction <laughs> okay, um, so'm I'm, I'm, I'm
0: eager to get in, I'm eager to get into that, but let's I just want to take a step back for a second and sure. talk a little bit about more about the the, the the quote positives or or the other other reasons why people why people would have wanted to establish the various digital currencies what What are the other
1: benefits or potential benefits? That, well, so, that so the, they could yeah, so the yeah so there are a number of of things that originally motivated this and and if you look at the discussions that were being held on on various internet mailing lists that spawned this um you know for many years there was something called the Cypherpunks mailing list uh, and then there and was your mailing, cryptography list which I I'll, yes, I'll my, my my cryptography list which was where bitcoin was first introduced by Yep. The pseudonymous Satoshi Nakamoto. Mm-hmm. Um, people were interested in these things for a number of reasons. Um, one of them was to increase people's financial privacy in an era where the government, you know, is 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 watching every transaction people conduct to a greater and greater and greater extent, and also to have privacy potentially from you know from financial institutions which are not averse to using the information they get you know to to sell things to you and to sell that information to third parties et etc um, right there's, there's,
0: there's better and better motivation for that every day as as more of your information gets harvested i mean it's it's becomes clearer and clearer why people want anonymity uh, uh, when they're when they're making whatever transactions you
1: know okay. You know the, the 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 situation there is 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 pretty ugly. Um, I mean, there are of course some some ways that you can get partial protection. You know, yesterday I happened to park my car in a, in in a small town, and I noticed that the parking meters uh, had a you know had an an application you could download in order to to make payment for the parking meters, and I chose to use to set up my account with this thing using Apple service that gives you a proxy email address. So I'm not anonymous to Apple, but I'm anonymous to the little town. They have no idea who it was that paid for the parking meter, Mm -hmm. but, but people, again, many people are interested in systems where there is no one who knows who you are. um, And, and, and you can get complete privacy in conducting transactions. There are other Mm -hmm. motivations as well. Um, It's, it's, you know it's been the case many times in the last few hundred years that national currencies have ended in inflationary disasters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, starting as I recall with uh, with with a with an eighteenth century inflationary disaster in france and 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 a number of others that have happened over the years, um you know, most recently, there have been crazy bouts of inflation in Zimbabwe, in Venezuela, in, you know, in other countries. And, and mostly these happen because the government starts paying its bills by printing money. And mm. in fact, we're having inflation in the United States right now because the Federal Reserve has been increasing the money supply, meaning printing money to a large extent. Mm. And there was some motivation that a lot of people who were thinking about this had to the effect of, well if i guarantee in the design of such a system that no one can arbitrarily print money then i can guarantee that that you know that holdings that are held in such a system won't be suddenly inflated away and this mm-hmm. was this was also a motivation and and then there were other motivations including the ability to conduct transactions across the world online um, you know, instantaneously without needing to involve any p- other parties. Um, you know, that seemed appealing. Currency to conversion that... fees or whatever. The heck. Correct. Now, again, of course, these systems have failed on that in the sense that, that, you know, the fees actually are quite substantial, uh, right now. But again, th- this was the motivation. The motivation was basically how do we construct money that is extremely, you know, that's extremely reliable, that's extremely private, that's extreme, you know, that has low transaction fees where the thing can't be inflated away, etc. As it happens, by the way, in most senses, Bitcoin has been a failure on all of this. Well, it seems Uh, kind of ironic.
0: It seems kind of ironic because the, the thing that you hear most often about cryptocurrencies day to day is, Wow! I just made you know twenty billion dollars. This thing has gone up fifteen hundred percent. I mean, that doesn't well, sound like a, spe- a currency to me.
1: Well, yeah, it's a speculative. It's they've become speculative media, and and that's you know that's something you know that's worth discussing. Yeah. They're the you know the, the the I think that to many people the primary interest they have in cryptocurrencies is speculation, and that they mm-hmm. have relatively little interest. And using the thing as a medium of exchange, mm-hmm. um, and that's a bit of a problem. Um, but Bitcoin has has been a failure in a number of other respects. Um, the the the, the, the and by the way, there there are mechanisms that that solve all of these. Mm-hmm. Um, but for example, Bitcoin is the least private transaction system that has ever been created by human beings. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, 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 and why is that, um, good question. Yeah. Uh, well, so, so remember, so here's how Bitcoin works at a high level. And I've already explained this at a very high level, there is a ledger and, you know, meaning a database that, you know, has information on who holds what and the holdings are all indexed by Something called a public key, which is a cryptographic key that is associated with a particular account. I, I won't get into the details of, how, of public key cryptography and how it works. But so I'll, I'll just ask anyone fascinating listening as it is. Yeah. Oh, it's it's fascinating. But we could do a three-hour show just on, on public key cryptography, right? So clearly, and 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 clearly, it's not something to go into right now. Yeah. But suffice it to say there is a technology that exists called public key cryptography where i can have a number a very very long number many hundreds of digits number that uh, that i know something called the private key associated with but you know you but you can't compute the private key from the public key and i can sign things with the private key, what does a signature mean? Uh, don't worry about it too much. Just take it. it it's basically
0: faith. it's basically a guarantee that this thing uh, was signed by Perry Metzger and not somebody else.
1: Well, but it was signed by the key involved, okay? So there's a way that you can take a message, a a, 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 a digital message, you know the equivalent of the, of of a message that just says, "Please transfer." five bitcoins from this account to this other account and you can digitally sign it. Now, one thing you were saying that's not quite right is when I have when I use public key cryptography, what I'm saying is not this message was absolutely sent by Dave. What I'm saying is this message was absolutely sent by the person who holds this public key. Right. Or or even more importantly, the private key associated with the public key. And, and, and all of the accounts in Bitcoin are pseudonymous, okay? They're associated with a particular public key. Uh, in, in the Bitcoin ledger, it doesn't say Dave holds 37 Bitcoins. It says this public key, which is some long string of digits, mm-hmm. holds this, uh, this set of Bitcoins. And you would imagine that this means that the system is extremely private because there are no names associated with any of the transactions, except that's not true. Because any time you conduct a transaction, you are implicitly revealing the connection between your private key and you to the person you're conducting the transaction with. If I go and I buy a newspaper with Bitcoin, the news agent now knows that a particular public key is it happens to be the sit owned by the person who just grabbed the newspaper in front of them. If, if I pay my phone bill in Bitcoin, not that you really can at the moment, but imagine you could, um, the phone company would instantaneously know, oh, Dave is associated with this particular key in the system. And you would think that this would be only a minor problem, but there have been a bunch of really, really clever academic papers that have been written in which it's been shown that you can really trace transactions and and unmask the anonymity of, of most of the people associated with the system really handily if you're clever and, and, and interested. One and there are of the going to fe- be people out there who are <laughs> clever and interested. Who are clever in and interested. Yeah. Um, there, there, there was a famous case uh, some years ago, of someone who tried to hire a, bit, a, a hitman using Bitcoin, and I remember at the moment everyone cackling because as soon as the case became public, the exact transaction that had been broadcast to the network in which in which this you know this person attempted to hire this hitman was you know was identified and visible to everyone, um, and 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 people. And people found this both amusing and horrifying. So, um,
0: so, is the whole, so is the whole thing an illusion? I mean, there's just, there's no, you know, chain of. is as strong as the weakest link. I mean, if it's possible to identify the person, then that's, that's it. There's no anonymity, well, basically, right?
1: Well, right. As I said, Bitcoin is the least anonymous transaction system in human history. Uh, and the reason... So I should mention something that I haven't really made clear. Um, when you... Uh, when you do a transaction in Bitcoin, what you end up doing is you end up broadcasting a signed message to all of the nodes in the network saying, please move this much from my account, or rather from the account associated with this public key to the account associated with this other public key. So all transactions in the network are public and visible and and have to be given the design of the network. well, but and in theory, those,
0: in theory, it's, it's only visible as you know, account ABC one two six eight did this transaction. But but what you're saying is it's not in practice. It's, it's not, not impossible to to find out who that actually belongs to. In
1: in in practice, in fact, given in given that you have all of the data for every transaction ever conducted, it turns out to be straightforward to to unmask a lot of the transactions. Remember yes. that. So so so. It's kind of ironic because so the people who were worried about Visa and your bank knowing about every transaction you conduct with your credit card built a system in which literally everyone on Earth can see every transaction you conduct <laughs> instead of just your bank and the credit card company. And so this and this is strictly worse, right? It, 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 it is strictly worse. Now, I don't want to to make it sound like this is impossible to fix, because it turns out that a number of people have come up with incredibly clever mechanisms uh, using really advanced cryptography, where it becomes possible to conduct transactions where you can verify that a transaction occurred, but not who any of the participants were. And and there are very advanced cryptocurrency systems like Zcash uh, in existence. That allow for such things, um, and and they're very very cool, um, but the the first generation of systems, and in fact the generation of systems everyone uses, because the most pow- the most popular cryptocurrency systems are Bitcoin and Ethereum, mm-hmm. are are radically non anonymous, um, in and 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 in a bad way. And, and they also have the unfortunate feature that although ever, the original vision for this was that you could pick up a cup of coffee and a bagel with the thing, the transaction fees on these systems mean that you can't do that. Um, and, and, and the reason for this ends up, um, I should probably explain a little bit about uh, uh, about a, a complicated subject called Byzantine agreements. Sure. Um, now – This is this gets complicated, and so I'll provide a really simple lay explanation. So what you want to do when you have a, a system like this is you want to have a way that anyone looking at any copy of the Bitcoin ledger or the Ethereum ledger or what have you can be sure that that they are looking at a correct ledger, that it includes all of the transactions that should be included, that it hasn't left any transactions out, that there aren't any transactions that have been forged um, or are illegitimate. Mm -hmm. Um, And and having a number of people um, simultaneously agree on something like a ledger uh, is a computer is a very famous old computer science problem called the Byzantine agreement problem or the Byzantine generals problem. Um, and and it basically I, I won't get into the where the name comes from too much. Um, but the 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 motivating problem uh, was explained as a group of mutually untrusting generals <laughs> uh, trying to decide on what time they're going to attack the enemy. Um such that you such that if, if someone might get a benefit by by defecting from the consensus. And you would like to make sure that everyone actually follows the the, the correct consensus. One of the things you you hear a lot about if, if you study cryptocurrencies in detail is a lot of these things are referred to also as consensus protocols. Um, mm-hmm. What you want is for every copy of the ledger out there, and there are many, many copies of the ledger for for to be able to check whether that ledger is true and correct. Um, and the guy who invented Bitcoin came up with the first real, and and I put practical in air quotes, and you'll understand why in a few minutes, with the first practical Byzantine agreement protocol for cryptocurrency ledgers. Uh, and that's why Bitcoin was, was the first of these things and and the mechanism he came up with is something called proof of work and it is simultaneously to someone like me fascinating and completely horrifying um and, and, and the fascinating part is that 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 it works and the horrifying part is is what having it works implies um, it it, it uh, the, the first time i read through it and really understood what was being proposed I had much the same reaction that I had when I first read Richard Rhodes' really amazing book *Dark Sun*, uh, mm. about the invention of thermonuclear weapons, and I, I understood the, mech- the Teller-Ulam mechanism. The Teller-Ulam mechanism is is the way that thermonuclear bombs work, and I, I simultaneously thought to myself, "Oh, that's a really cool idea, but what?" sane person would ever want to build something that does that. <laughs> um, and 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 you know, and, and because, like nuclear bombs, you know, do you really want to destroy cities of 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 ten or twenty million people in an eye blink? Probably not if you're a reasonable person. Mm-hmm. But it's cool engineering, right? it's It's incredibly cool engineering. Um, so the, the I had more or less the same reaction when I first read the Bitcoin paper. Because the, the mechanism that gets used here, and the exact way this works, it's too technical. I'm not going to get into it. But basically, the mechanism that happens is this, that everyone involved in the Bitcoin consensus, they, these people are so-called miners, and I'll get into why they're called miners in a minute. Everyone involved the miners in the an e. Can, uh, yes, not with an O. They are not people who are underage, but they are <laughs> people who who mine valuable things. In this case, instead of mining gold, they mine Bitcoin. Um, but anyway, the notion is that all of the people mining spend as much money on electricity as they can. And they use this electricity to conduct very complicated mathematical calculations. But but the mathematical calculations are sort of beside the point. The reason they do the mathematical calculations is to prove that they spent money on electricity. And it's not the amount of electricity they're burning, you understand. If you could have the cost of electricity to everyone mining Bitcoin, everyone would have to buy twice as much electricity. The the system is protected by the fact that in order to overwhelm the consensus you would have to spend more money on electricity than all of the other people involved in the consensus combined. <laughs> and since the amount of money at this point being spent on electricity um, is truly gargantuan. I, right. I think I can't remember what country Bitcoin spends more. I mean, and it keeps going up, right? Yeah, yeah. But I've, heard it's, Belgium, it's,
0: I've heard various places.
1: I, I think it's 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 I think it's more than 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 Argentina or Sweden, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it keeps going up and up. And eventually, if Bitcoin continues, it'll eventually surpass all the electricity spent on anything else. This is by design. Um, so it's, it's not, crazy not, design. not scalable, as they say. Well, you know, people who are involved in Bitcoin, the true believers, the Bitcoin maximalists, the fanatics, that um, they they tend to either Come up with extremely creative, but I think completely crazy reasons that none of this is a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, Nothing will cause someone to be able to come up with specious logic, like having a lot of money riding on the (laughs) specious logic being true. Um, But but anyway, the, the the general idea, just to get back to the idea, is the system is protected by the fact that in order to steal the money out of it, you would have to spend more money on electricity than all of the other people who are currently running mining nodes in the system. Mm-hmm. And that it, it, and that this is too expensive to do in order to steal, so you won't. Um, this also implies, though, that the amount of money being spent on electricity has to be not unrelated to the value in money of, of all of the Bitcoin circulating, because if too little money is being spent on maintaining the consensus, it becomes economically feasible to try to overwhelm the consensus by spending more money. God. Um, it's, it's, there's this notion in economics uh, of, of something called dollar auctions. Um, a dollar auction Is is this really, really insidious experiment you can conduct on your on your intro econ class. The way a professor will usually do it is this. Um, The the, the rules usually go like this. I have a dollar bill. And I'm going to auction it off to the class and anyone who wants to can participate in the auction by bidding on the dollar bill. But there's a trick to the rules of this auction, which is the last bid you made you have to pay whether you get the dollar or not. So if you bid 75 cents, you're going to have to spend 75 cents, even if you don't get the dollar Mm -hmm. and you will quickly end up in these situations where people are bidding 10 and 20 and $30 Mm -hmm. to get a $1 bill. Um, And a lot of people are doing it because, because, you know, well, you know, you've, you've already bid $15 if you lose the auction, you know, you know, you, you don't get, you know, you're 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 nothing, going to, nothing
0: at all to show for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's it, you can set up these these horrifying game theoretic traps for people that. So, that so, people... so, so bottom
0: line. So I'm sorry to, to cut you off. So bottom line, it's it's just it's just ridiculously expensive. I mean, considering how widely bitcoin is used today which is not that widely considering the size of the you know the population of the world what happens if then you know what happens if it if there's actually more widespread you know what happens if the number of bitcoin users doubles triples quadruples um is it
1: just you know more more it's not it's it's been used in the history of the world i mean well, ultimately, if Bitcoin succeeds, it will be more his- electricity that's been used in the history of the world to keep it running. The, 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 um, the, it doesn't matter how many people are using Bitcoin. What matters is what the value of, of the amount of Bitcoin outstanding is. Mm-hmm. You know, if, 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 if there is X Bitcoins out there and every Bitcoin costs Y dollars, then the, the total value of Bitcoin outstanding is X times Y. It's not it's not very complicated. The the value of each Bitcoin times the number of Bitcoins tells you what, you know, the capital of the entire Bitcoin pool is. Um, And the amount of electricity being spent. Is proportional to that amount of money has to be economically ends up being so the more and more value, because if you because if you can overwhelm the consensus, you can steal value so the system becomes as the system becomes more and more valuable there is more and more of incentive to spend you know more and more money on electricity if if bitcoin ultimately dominated all transactions in the world we would be spending truly ludicrous amounts of money buying electricity keeping the system going and again it's about economic value it's not about how many watts right mm-hmm. um in fact the system is built to self adjust so that so, so so that the amount of watts doesn't really matter that's that that gets complicated mm-hmm. um, but but it ends up being an economic incentive the way all of this works more or less is that someone has an incentive to participate in the bitcoin consensus because it's sort of a lottery the mathematical calculations you conduct give you the right to uh, to put the next transac- set of transactions onto the chain, and when you do that, you take a certain amount of Bitcoin yourself as a reward for having conducted the transactions and having done the mining. Um, and 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 the so the there there's an economic incentive to participate in the system, um, and the ec- the economic incentive rises. As the value of the system goes up, and that means that more and more people participate in mining and burn more and more and more electricity. It's 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 kind of horrifying. It's an eco- it's not just an ecological disaster. It's also it's also kind of crazy and unsustainable.
0: Um, so so I'm I'm going to ask an obvious question, and that is how how can this possibly continue if you have a system where a cup buying a cup of coffee costs it cost you two hundred dollars or whatever in transaction fees. How, how does this why has this not just well, we did, collapsed well, yesterday?
1: We, we should we should take a step back and explain why it would cost that much in transactions. Sure. Fees. Yeah, yeah. So in in there's only a certain number of Bitcoin transactions that can occur per unit time. And it and it's a remarkably small number of transactions. And in order to get your transaction included into the current block, um the term blockchain is not unrelated there you have to include a fee to the miners um in your transaction um and and the bidding on that has gotten intense enough that that the fees are very large at this point um and and they they need to be in order to compensate the miners for the amount of electricity they're spending the the bitcoin that they mine and the and 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 the the, the 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 you know the transactions being conducted have to on average pay the miners the exorbitant amounts of money they're spending on electricity so the fact that the that the transaction fees are high is directly related to the fact that running the system is extremely expensive mm-hmm. there there's an interesting feature of normal transaction systems over the centuries the cost of running the banking system per unit value trend transmitted has gone down and down and down and down and down as efficiencies have increased. I mean, now that we have computers running most of the transaction systems, the cost of of conducting transactions has become incredibly low. Indeed, Mm -hmm. you don't notice how inexpensive it is to to, you know, to buy groceries or to to do things like or, or to buy goods and services from Amazon or what have you buy credit card, but the credit card networks have, you know, have made it possible to conduct credit transactions with complete strangers at very, very low cost. Mm -hmm. Um, Bitcoin and and the cost keeps going down and down with time then has gone down for centuries. Um, the cost of storing money in the banking system has gone down and down and down with time because you know, now, it's handled by computers managing the bank ledgers, and it costs almost nothing in computer time and computer costs to move money from one ledger entry to another. Right, as they get Bit- faster and more powerful. Bitcoin is designed specifically so that the cost of transactions can never go down, and in fact has to go up. This is crazy, um, and 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 kind of bad. Um, <laughs> But but, you know, I should note that this is not the only design out there. Uh, And that was my
0: next question. Yeah. Bitcoin. I mean, there are there are hundreds, thousands. I don't know how many different uh, varieties of cryptocurrencies. So surely someone has of all of them. Someone has surely someone has uh, attempted to to solve this problem or have they?
1: Uh, People have. Uh, But, you know, just to answer the question you got to before I started getting into that. Yeah. The, the use of Bitcoin as a currency has also ended up becoming a failure because using it to conduct everyday transactions is economically infeasible. And mm-hmm. there are people who do use Bitcoin to conduct economic, tra- economic everyday transactions, but the way they do it is by invoking a trusted third party, right? They will have Bitcoins on deposit at, at Coinbase or some other exchange, and they will move and, and, and those things will be held on account for them by some third party, and they will be moved without conducting an actual transaction in Bitcoin.
0: So it sounds which, like where we – it sounds like where we came in, actually. Which is, which is where we came in,
1: right? Um, right. It's so not that's, the that's, Fed. That's, it's some,
0: something it, similar but actually less it, yeah, trustworthy.
1: So, well, yeah. So it's 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 something of a failure in this regard, and, and and it's too expensive, et cetera. But people have been working on this problem, Right. Um, there are systems that people have invented that I I should go over what my list of problems with Bitcoin. Uh, My list of problems with Bitcoin are it's radically non-anonymous. It has this proof of work system that is an ecological and economic catastrophe. It's an ecological catastrophe because it involves burning more and more and more fossil fuels with time and and there are people who 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 make all sorts of specious claims about this and believe me they're specious it's almost always motivated reasoning um and even if we were using nothing but solar power you know you would eventually get to the point where you had to surround where where every solar panel would have to be devoted to this and none of it could be (laughs) devoted to things like we need another sun i guess yeah, I mean, it it, it doesn't matter because the the system, the system is 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 a Satan's is a satanic bet. It's <laughs> it, it's 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 a like a dollar auction or what have you. The game theory of it is horrifying. Um, but anyway, so it's it's got that you know the Byzantine agreement is based on on a really horrible idea. It's radically non anonymous. It is very, very difficult to make technical decisions in the context of Bitcoin. So one of the the features of Bitcoin is it's this giant decentralized network that no one in in particular controls. But that also means that when bugs are found in the Bitcoin software, or there's a need to fix um, or improve features in the Bitcoin software, there is no mechanism by which everyone involved in the Bitcoin network can decide whether it's a good idea or not. Um, people have and people have had incredibly bitter arguments about about feature changes, and and these bitter arguments are basically the the, the only way people have to as to to make decisions in the system is yelling.
0: So, so do you have do you have do you have software incompatibilities where two two people involved two people in the network are using different versions of the software things like that? Well,
1: what ends up happening is you end up having something called a fork. In the cryptocurrency in which you start with one cryptocurrency, but then some of the people are using one version of the software and some of the people are using another version of the software and you end up with two (laughs) cryptocurrencies. And in fact, there are forks of Bitcoin, like Bitcoin Cash and certain other things that where people will take the existing blockchain and they will start recording transactions with a different version of the software that people don't get consensus on. And 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 they will end up with one version of the cryptocurrency ledger, and other people will end up with another. It, right. It's and as though thir-
0: thirty thirty years from now, we'll, we'll, there'll be a thousand of these, basically, right?
1: Oh, there are there are already a huge number of, of, mm-hmm. of there are a huge number of cryptocurrencies, and there are a large number of forks. Yeah. Um. Th- there's there's no governance mechanism to decide on technical changes, which is which is a serious problem. Um you know and 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 the you know the cryptocurrencies also have the problem that they can only do very small numbers of transactions there's an incredible cost to the decentralization i mean in 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 a computer time and 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 transaction rate sense so So this is really
0: ironic because one of the motivations obviously is to get away from central you know centralized control of money and you yes, know, but, what you're but, saying here suggests it's, it's kind of maybe impossible to, to no, decentralize I don't know, this.
1: I don't know that it's impossible, but um, the Ethereum network notably can conduct a, only a tiny number of tra- – and the Bitcoin network can notably conduct only very tiny numbers of transactions per minute. Mm-hmm. You can – the Visa network conducts – you know, can conduct hundreds of thousands of transactions a minute without without worrying about it. And during the Christmas season often does. Right. Because vast numbers of people are buying things in the Visa network simultaneously. And it works great. You need if you want to replace all of the world's transaction systems, you need to be able to conduct hundreds of thousands or millions of transactions a minute um and right now you know the entire ethereum network or the entire bitcoin network can be outraced by a single you know 30 or 50 dollar computer running <laughs> a very inefficient database for the people out there who don't know a lot about computers aren't going to know what i'm talking about but you can outrace the bitcoin network and the ethereum network combined with a raspberry pi you know running sqlite and you t- might, t- a
0: toy a toy computer basically with a toy computer
1: yeah. yes um, yeah. there's a very big cost to the algorithms that are being used right now and 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 there is some other problems that show up and people but to their credit people have been working very 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 hard on fixing all of these problems mm-hmm. there's another problem to the system that we probably should get into which is since the system give has completely irreversible transactions that clear instantaneously stealing money in various ways inside the system is possible in a way that's just not possible inside the normal banking system if if someone steals your visa card and conducts some huge transaction with it um your bank will reverse the transaction if someone steals you know like breaks into your bank's computers and tries to transfer money from your bank account, that's the bank's problem. And in fact, the world's banks will reverse all of the transactions that someone conducts doing that. And one of the real reasons that people don't break into banks to try to conduct transactions is because if it gets caught quickly, the transactions all get reversed and there's no point in doing it. It's not that bank security is any great shakes, it's that The system is rigged up so that you don't depend entirely on the security of the bank. Mm -hmm. If someone breaks in to a cryptocurrency exchange and steals $600 million, there's no way to reverse it. In fact, the last time that happened was, I believe, about a week ago as we're recording this. Mm -hmm. Um, So (laughs) it's uh, and it was literally $600 million. Um, uh-huh. but so there, there are a bunch of problems with these systems and that sounds people like working. That sounds like a big one. It is a big one. People are working very hard on fixing these things. I can name systems that fix most of the problems that I have just described, mm-hmm. but Bitcoin by its very nature is frozen in time because, you know, and, and, and can never be updated. Um, or at least it cannot be updated in meaningful ways to fix these things. But so, the, so the, the
0: so the obvious question and we're getting a little low on time so I want to make sure that we talk about this what, what what's the what's the future like do you think these things are possible these are just kind of growing pains these are just initial um, buggy initial versions of the thing i mean what what what's going to happen 20 years from now will this, well, so will people, this all I, come to fruition with systems that work better or is the whole is the whole idea fundamentally crazy in various ways?
1: I don't know. I I think the idea remains exciting. And people, so the the proof-of-work problem has been solved. People have a Byzantine agreement system that has been invented called proof-of-stake that works very well and doesn't require that you burn the rainforests in order to keep the system running. Um, And you can, in fact, run proof-of-stake networks, you know, spending almost no money and almost no electricity. So that part has been sort of fixed. There are people who have solved the anonymity problem um, there by using crazy cryptographic primitives that are very difficult to explain that allow you to have a completely a, a ledger where everyone is sure that no one is cheating, but no one can actually see who holds what in the ledger. And there are systems, these these go by the euphonious name of non-interactive zero-knowledge proofs. And I'm sure everyone listening, you know, immediately will remember that phrase for the rest of their lives because it's so easy and 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 simple an idea. Tongue, yeah. It rolls off the tongue. Um, but, but these are kind of cool. Like these, the, the people have invented these things and they've given them all sorts of, of, you know, uh, have, have, they've worked very hard on them. They've given them all sorts of cute names like snarks and what have you. Um, but but there are uh, cryptos you know, give, give, with what little
0: knowledge i have of cryptography uh, you know today's today's completely unbreakable system absolutely unbreakable would require you know 300,000 uh, computers to break be- becomes easily breakable 10 years from now so
1: we, can I'm we not, be sure I, i'm not i'm not that worried about that in the sense that the attacks on these systems usually don't involve trying to break the cryptography. Uh, I can get into that a little bit in a minute, but we really should probably speed up so that, yeah, you know. Um, the people have built systems to fix the proof of work problem, which is proof of stake. People have built systems that solve the anonymity problem. Um, there are various ideas on increasing the number of transactions that occur often by having large numbers of transactions occur so-called off-chain and then get rolled up on-chain. What that means, I'm not going to get into. Um, People have come up with some solutions for all of these things. What they haven't come up with is particularly good solutions to the security problem. And the real security problem is that all of these systems are built by human beings who make mistakes – and people find flaws in cryptocurrency exchange security um in the security of people's uh so-called cryptocurrency wallets uh, they come up with problems and so there's there's this whole topic that we haven't gotten into and i don't think we have time for called smart contracts mm-hmm. um which are the way that people build things like nfts which are Oh God! <laughs> are, 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 which I, I personally find like one step away from Ponzi schemes. Um, but uh, but 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 the you know generally speaking, um, there there are people build these things called smart contracts, which are are basically computer programs that run inside of cryptocurrency systems, and they find bugs in them or people find bugs in them, and the bugs allow them to steal huge amounts of real money. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has happened on, on, on a lot of occasions. Um, the security problems are still extremely hard. Uh, the reliability of these systems and security of these systems is low. I, I, I've seen the quip more than once that cryptocurrencies are an answer to the question, what if money could be as reliable as software? And anyone who has had a computer crash on them in the middle of working on it, um, you know, should feel bitter about that comment. Um, we, We do not know how to build reliable and secure software. Building a monetary system that's entirely, that requires that the software be perfect. And the thing about your bank is that if the software at your bank has a bug in it, Human beings can reverse all the transactions and fix everything up after the fact. And so bugs happen in software at banks, actually not infrequently, but they get corrected. Cryptocurrency systems depend on the software being flawless. Mm-hmm. And no one knows how to build flawless software. And so that's that's a real problem. I think these things have a future because I think that the desire... To have non-governmental money that is anonymous and secure and low transaction costs and isn't subject to inflation and all the other motivations. I think that there are extremely strong economic motivations for wanting all of those things. I don't think that the current generation of cryptocurrencies has what it takes, but people are very rapidly solving all of the problems out there and so I would not be surprised to see future cryptocurrencies get better and better and better at doing all these things.
0: Well, great. On that note, because we're just about out of time, um, thanks so much. And maybe we can, uh, maybe Mark or I can have you on again sometime and continue the conversation. I'd love to oh, there's hear as, as
1: Yeah, well, as you noted, there's there's a whole lot more to talk about. We didn't even talk about NFTs. <laughs> and, or 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 lots and lots of other interesting topics so not not yeah there's not at dinner time anyway yeah, well yes <laughs> one, one should avoid talking about nfts while eating but that's, <laughs> that's another subject um anyway, it's been great being on dave thanks again Perry. thank Appreciate you so much it. And i okay, would be, happily show up again in the future speak great. to you soon okay thanks bye.
0: bye and we're back thanks perry metzger Thanks, listeners. Uh, I just have about a minute, less than a minute, so let me just rattle off some information. Perry, one thing Perry does, uh, one of many, is he he runs a mailing list, a, a listserv if you prefer, the cryptography mailing list. This is a pretty sophisticated list that discusses pretty sophisticated crypto cryptography related topics but not only also privacy and other things if you if you're so inclined to check it out just do it just do a web search for cryptography list can even include his name maybe perry metzger and 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 you'll find it and you you can subscribe it's a mailing list it's open to anybody um i should mention that notable thing about that list is the original um idea of bitcoin and blockchain which were which were developed by a pseudonymous person Perry mentioned him a pseudonymous person named Satoshi Nakamoto that was originally published on Perry's cryptography list which is a pretty cool thing you can also follow Perry on Twitter if you want at Perry Metzger just 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 like that P-E-R-R-Y-M-E-T-Z-G-E-R Perry's a brilliant guy we have our political differences but he's a brilliant guy and, and boy he knows this stuff so thanks for tuning in Thanks to Mark for allowing me to co-host, uh, not co-host, to to guest host for him this week. Dan Bode is next. I believe Dan is doing a special extended vo- edition of Vocal Fry, so stay tuned for that and have a great night. See ya. WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope in New York City and Rockland County, 91.9 FM online at WFMU.org, that's us.
2: GONE